You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. And tonight, we are. Hey, Queens, and welcome back to the Queendom Podcast. This week, we are kicking off uh, a couple of industry episodes over the next month or so. This week, we are sitting down with Rosie Pearson from Pearson Casting. Uh, so we chat everything about what they look for in the room um, and just some industry knowledge throughout. So this is going to be a really good f- one for any of those in the industry or anyone looking to get into the industry. Definitely stick around right to the end. This is going to be a great one. Make sure you guys are checking out Theatre Fans TV. Uh, that's Theatre Fans TV on Instagram. Um, but other than that, Let's get down. I'm the queen of the castle. Get down, you dirty rascal. Get down. Hey, queens, and welcome back to the Queendom podcast. I nearly forgot the name of the show. There we go. We're off to a cracking start. And this week, we are talking all things casting um, with the wonderful Rosie Pearson. Hey, Rosie, how are you going? Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Right. I'm like really fired up for this one, guys. And um, if you guys don't know James, Rosie, Pearson Casting, um, they are the guys that essentially find all the wonderful queens that we get to see on stage. Um, So these are the people we have to thank for pretty much everybody we look up to. Um, And we're going to divulge into their little world and get all the information out of them um, throughout this episode, which is great. Um, So Rosie, first of all, what's the favorite, your favorite show that you've seen? That I've ever seen? Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Wow. Hard Um, one to start it off with. (laughs) Um, uh, gosh, I, I mean, I just love musicals and I thought the original cast of Jersey Boys in London was absolutely, I was just blown away. I just cried yeah. the whole way. Um, I, I love Saigon. Again, I just like cry the whole show. Um, I loved Anne Juliet, which I saw um, on the press night before that went out on the, uh, to, down to London. I saw it in Manchester, but I don't know if I have a favourite. I don't know if I have something that I would like give up everything to go and see and obviously I love six I saw it before I started working on it and James and I were like oh god we want to cast this show so much um but yeah so obviously I have to say six is my favorite show um what's your favorite downtime activity um I'm gonna be really honest with you that we don't really have a lot of downtime I was writing this question I was like I wonder if there's actually gonna be an answer like that actually went through my head (laughs) But this is the problem, isn't it? When you like work in the industry and you're really passionate about it, it becomes 
everything. So yeah. you go to the theater, you watch TV, you watch film. I try and read a lot. I did an English degree and then kind of abandoned reading completely. <laughs> like just went, I'm never reading again. I've read like 50 books a week. Um, so I now I love to read for pleasure. Um, and we go on holiday whenever we can. Yeah. So wonderful. yeah. Perfect mix. Um, to wrap things up on the, the fun end of things, what's your favorite color? Uh, blue. Blue. That was a decisive answer right there to April, wrap that section up. <laughs> um, so before we get stuck in, um, can you just quickly explain for those people that maybe don't know um, what a casting director is, um, what your role is and uh, how you got involved in the casting side of theatre? Uh, so a casting director works for the producer so very separate to an agent and I think there can be a lot of confusion in the industry because you hear the words casting agent but really it's um, a casting director or an agent a kind of te technically the two separate terms an agent will look after your career but a casting director works for the producer and they get commissioned so like a, a director or a choreographer a producer will come to you and say hi we've got this coming up we want to find this cast so they'll say we need 12 people or six people or how many it is and um, will you do it will you find those people so then we go out into the industry we use industry platforms and people we know and relationships with agents to uh, shortlist I suppose a number of people then to bring into the audition room to work with the director and then we we kind of facilitate the whole thing so we organize auditions we get feedback we try and like nurture and take people on the path down to that final process but ultimately the final decision comes down to the director and the choreographer so we have i guess a lot of influence but no power if that makes okay. sense so yeah. people are like oh my gosh this casting director well yeah they can get you in the room but once you're in the room it's kind of it's, it's, you yeah absolutely and if the director and producer don't like someone then there's nothing you can do about that as a yeah. casting director you know um so we got into it by working uh, we've both been performers uh, for a long long time james had worked in the west end and i toured a lot um and we worked on cruise ships together for i think six years and the company we were working for just said oh we don't really find much talent in the uk um you know we're doing open auditions and we we're like let us hold a private call for you and they said oh we've got legally blonde the musical coming on to the ships uh can you do that and we we're like yep yeah okay sure uh say yes now okay, <laughs> jump in the deep end and find yeah literally <laughs> um so they were amazing they were just like go run with it and then we were able to work in their casting office with them throughout a whole year on and off on all different musicals production shows um and actually it's norwegian cruise line we started with who now have six on yeah. currently two of well we're on a break at the moment but uh currently two ships um with them so that's kind of where we learned and then it kind of went on to shows on land and tv and commercial casting and so it kind of grew from there kind of blew up um, yeah <laughs> that's awesome so how did you first find out about six? Oh, actually it's a really good story so we were casting a show that was going on at the other palace in london called myth um that was written by this incredible um british uh, young writer and um none of us really knew each other we came like recommended by someone else by someone else and we were on the first day of auditions um and arlene phillips was directing this musical and she walked in on the first day and obviously we were a little bit nervous like we didn't know her hadn't worked with her she worked with so many amazing people and she just walked in and she said, oh, before I say hello, everybody has to go 
and see this. And she held this program up and slammed it down on this desk. And she was like, I want to see this girl, this girl, and this girl. And she was like, it's on at the arts. It's on for like 10 days. You have like, if you see anything in the next few days and we're like, Oh, that sounds so interesting. Anyway, we didn't have time to do that. Um, and then we went to Edinburgh in 2018 and it was on there and it was sold out. And we're like, Oh, we're never going to get to see this show. And then we contacted Andy and Wendy, who are two of the producers of six about just working with them. They have another, um, uh, production company alongside Global Musicals where they develop new uh, work, which is just so exciting. For anyone so that isn't aware of that, that's perfect pitch. You probably would have that heard me perfect. mention that a couple of times. Um, I think yeah. you dropped it on our episodes as well. So please go check out them as well. Just amazing. They just develop new work and work with new writers and that's just right up our street so we'd written to them saying we really want to work with you they said oh we have a new show coming up not six and so we went to see six in the arts before we had this meeting with them so we knew and we came out and I, like i said we were just like we have we have to work on this show then have <laughs> a casting team and then that was just that way of when they needed some more people they so originally the producers had cast the original London Queens. So Natalie Paris and Amy Atkinson and um, Maya and all that, they had found them themselves, but then obviously they needed more alternates, more swings. And then when the cast change came over, it all handed over to us. So that's, yeah. That's a perfect kind of, um, it's not what you know, it's who you know, kind of, which yeah. is what this industry is predominantly like. It's it's more who you know than what you know because you need to know people to get you through the door or anything like that um it's always good to and we'll touch on this later um present yourself the right way online and right work on those connections and relationships um outside of work which is good um so moving into working on the show um mm. at what point did you guys join six was that for um, like that first initial change no they needed so at the time grace was the super swing at the arts and bless i don't i don't even know like i have a really good brain I was could a you really imagine good that brain. right now like <laughs> now and um like just incredible and the same with colette who is the the swing obviously at the arts at the moment and dance captain um just to have that brain to jump from like matinee show you're arrogant to then you know, in the evening you're playing Howard, just, just, uh, yeah, just incredible. But obviously there was sickness and, you know, it's a vocally very demanding show and they just, we, we can't have everyone feeling like they can never go off or have time off and holidays were coming up as well. So they engaged us to find Vicky Manser and Courtney uh, Stapleton. Um, so they were going to be between them kind of, I mean, everyone covers all six anyway, but to be the only swing I think is probably incredibly um, impressive and pressured. Yeah. Um, so they brought us on just to find those two um, queens. And there were other people actually in the finals of that who are now in the show. Um, I don't want to say who it is, but that's the kind of, that, I know you want to talk about the casting process, but that's the kind of show it was where there was yeah. so, the talent at the end of that process was so incredible. And um, yeah, so we found those two and then we knew that there would be a cast change coming up for 2020 no 2019 and also um the tour was going out so then they that was kind of a natural progression yeah awesome that's amazing i love that um so how did casting this show differ to other shows that you guys had worked on um up until this point six is a really 
tricky show to cast. Um, there are so many elements to it. And um, so for example, we just cast um, a new revival of Rent, which is going on at the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester. Um, and you need exceptional vocals, you need amazing actors, you need people that have the right feel for the show. Uh, Luke Shepard, the director of uh, And Juliet is directing that. And he was very specific about what he wanted with that. But there's no dance in the show so that you are you are freer i think to work with people that are just exceptional in kind of a couple of areas for that particular show yeah. but six is a triple threat show mm -hmm. um obviously you know the choreography is olivier nominated for a reason and um so we started in the first in the beginning just kind of singing first um and then acting and then dancing at the end and then we found we were losing just people you know the team were falling in love with exceptional people who then just couldn't dance the show and it's yeah. more technical i think than probably appears and that's what makes it so clever mm. is that you are so swept up in the whole 75 minutes of it you don't realize that these are uh. quite technical dancers the the um style of kind of hip-hop jazz commercial is is it's, it's a very, very clever show, but you, you have to be able to dance. It's not, some, it's not a show for people who are amazing singers but can't act or amazing singer actors who can't dance or dancers who can't. It, it's literally, it's the perfect package. Yeah. Um, then you have to have an incredible pop vocal. Um, so musical theatre isn't right and a rock vocal is not right. So you need to have a very contemporary, you know, all the queens are based on, um, you know, very contemporary um pop stars pop queens um and so that that have to have that right vocal and a good musicality as well there's so many harmonies uh in the show and then you know great acting there's so much acting in the show i know people say oh it's more of a sometimes you know it feels more of a concert but there's so much sharp wit that needs you know amazing comic timing and delivery but also some real moments of pathos and strength so you need women that really know themselves you need um actors who are literally the whole bundle and then are stars on top of that so it's so now we dance first um which means a we can see more people which is amazing because obviously there's always limits on how many days we can do for an audition yeah. um process based on budgets and creative availability I mean there are so many productions of it now we're lucky to have a creative team together <laughs> in London for like five days um which is amazing um so yeah we dance first and it, it can be different it can be tough you know there are people I'm like that she is just so perfect but she can't dance it now and so we say to people listen you've got cut at this point your technique's not strong enough you need to go and do some commercial heels classes and come back in three months and come back in three months and they do and they book the show and so it's this is something that i've heard about with the girls on from your perspective the girls right have always highly praised you guys because if they don't get the call straight away they know why and they can work on that for next time or they just feel so supported in that moment because you're giving them the feedback there and then so they can show you the best version of themselves instead of not giving them a reason why they're getting cut not getting cast or why they're getting cut and um, yeah. that's been kind of the biggest praise that you guys have been getting on the podcast which i've heard which is fantastic <laughs> good i'm glad, that, I'm glad that's <laughs> translating because you know the audition room can be kind of a, a busy and stressful place for everybody you know we're under pressure as well um 
as I said, there are limited days. Producers have paid for studios and day rates for creatives. And so it's really important to us that, you know, we're getting it right. But also, you know, it's not a show that everybody books first time. Some people, it takes like two years of auditioning um, just to just to get that element right. And then they're absolutely flying. So I'm glad people feel supported in the audition room. Yeah. It's really important. That's amazing. Um, what was it like coming into a show with a young creative team as well compared to um, other shows you would have worked on? Because this, this is a pretty much nearly all, pretty much across the board, a very young creative team. So what was that like having that element in the room? Yeah, amazing. Just, you know, really refreshing. I think um, Toby and Lucy have really kind of, and the producers as well, but from the off really sort of have driven this, um, feeling about the show that it is literally um there's no preconception about what a queen looks like or what she sounds like I mean maybe a little bit in terms of vocal stylings for different queens but every queen is based on the actor so it very much came from a place of like let's just find the right talent let's have representational casting we need this to be representational of ethnicity of um of body type of I mean, everything. You can look at the cast. There's no arrogant that looks the same across mm. Broadway, West End, The Ships, Australia. Like, it's all completely, completely different. And so they very much came with this idea that, you know, that we had, there was a freedom creatively to just find the best people. And that's not, you don't always get that, especially with kind of more established shows. But, you know, as, as the process has gone on and we have more and more casts, they're just very... Um, passionate there's you know no one's particularly jaded yet <laughs> um, which is nice um, and they are very um, energized and just incredibly passionate about the show and about finding the right talent and so it's amazing to work with a really young team who have really fresh ideas and are very focused on as I say just keeping everything incredibly flexible and I love the representational element of this show which everyone is so behind yeah 100% I, I love it um and what's it been like kind of coming in finding pieces to fit um so like the swings and then getting to do the tour cast and beyond like what's it been like finding pieces and then kind of seeing a whole cast come together um from day one on uh yeah so finding I mean the swings are the hardest to find they're just they're like gold dust like we'll just never let them go never let them do anything else no. um because you know they have to have such exceptional qualities that all these all the queens have but be able to move between them convincingly have the brain to learn it and execute it um so that was you know it's always challenging when we just have to find like a swing or two swings um but yeah it's amazing just kind of you know seeing it all come together and it's um it's very interesting seeing like on the final day in the auditions you see that lineup and it just suddenly makes sense and it all kind of slots into place um but also really exciting now we've got queens who are starting to come off the ships because the contracts there are only six months and then kind of going oh you know um we've got contracts you know there are uk contracts coming up next year and being able to kind of work with people kind of in a longer term and look at them for future contracts is really exciting and kind yeah. of, Oh, where would that person fit? But it is a real jigsaw six massively. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so I just want to delve into the kind of recasting um, portion for a second. Um, mm. Cause how do you work with everybody to 
for example, um, Sophie going into um, London and all of that, how do you find not only the perfect person to sit in the role, but the perfect um, personality to slot in with everybody else that's already there? Because it, it wouldn't be as easy to find that person that fits in all of those elements, like the onstage element and the offstage element, as well as mm. kind of everything else. Uh, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I guess when we know there's one gap like there was for Sophie, you have a very clear idea of that, you know, you know the queen that they're coming in for. So you start with people who've worked perhaps in, so Sophie, for example, had done Heather's. Um, we knew her vocal style and also her work ethic really well. Um, and she worked, um, we knew people who'd worked with her. We haven't cast her in anything at that point. Um, so it became kind of a, um, it becomes a little bit more specific of a headhunt that yeah. you kind of, you know, rather than just like, I would never kind of just put out on Facebook, hey guys, we're looking for this, you know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have time. We do do open calls, which um, I know, talk about separately but um yeah. for this one it's very specific we knew the time frame was very difficult because it was over christmas so a lot of people were going to be working other shows we needed someone who could balance that out and again like you say like a personality who was going to come in and fit in and just just add to the amazing uh, atmosphere in in the arts and someone yeah. that was a positivity um so the, you know we saw a few people for that um and some you know were just incredible and amazing but you know sophie just ticked all those boxes at the time and there's also a little bit more time i guess when you're only looking for one role to spend time with so jamie who is the director original director along with lucy he was able to spend time and work with her in the room so you get a much it's much calmer <laughs> sense of what someone's like, you know, than when you're kind of doing two casts at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit more of a kind of, like I said, head hunt of having in mind, okay, who else is in this lineup? Who's going to fit in? Who has the right, yeah, work ethic and um, as well as being just right for the role. Yeah, amazing. And um, with the message of the show, the like the strong female lead empowerment side of things, what's mm. it like from your side of the table? sitting there through auditions and seeing all the wonderful, amazing talent that's out there in the world come into one room and not only give it their all, but support each other and just create that vibe in that room. It's mind blowing, honestly. And like I said earlier, it's really heartbreaking when you lose someone because their dance isn't just quite strong enough or vocally, they're just, they're, they're amazing and they're an amazing raw talent, but they're not going to sustain eight shows a week, um, you know, which is, tough it's not an easy show um but it's just incredible and to see people grow through the audition process is amazing as well and you see them kind of on day one you just see that spark and you know that one of the directors or the associates say i just want to bring i just want to bring her back i know it's a wild card and then by like audition three they're like owning the room and making <laughs> their own choices and it's amazing and i think it's that thing we were talking about a minute ago about that that amazing flexibility to go there's no cookie cutter for this. So let's yeah. work with people and let's, let's let them find themselves. Cause as you say, it's a show about empowerment. So you need people who know themselves and who are super comfortable in their own skin. And sometimes that just takes a bit of time in a rehearsal process, particularly, uh, sorry, an audition process and a rehearsal process. Um, particularly if they haven't done leading roles before or, ha or been in a show that's it's quite exposing. Um, yeah. A lot of shows, um, you know, the leads aren't on for the entire show, um, but there's nowhere to hide. There's no 
downtime. There's no, it, you know, it, you are on stage the whole time and you have to own that space, but also be able to gel with five other women on stage. It's not just <laughs> your show. So um, yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing process. I, lo I literally love it. And I think from, I want to say from like March, 2019 up until the pandemic, I feel like I was in the casting room for six every month. <laughs> every single month <laughs> yeah but i love it i love it it's great um, also from your perspective like um auditioning obviously if you guys are casting other shows um mm. are you always actively looking if you've got say three shows on the go are you always actively looking no matter what show you're in auditions for you kind of not this show but you'll kind of suit potentially this show yeah. Yes, always, always. Straight flat answer. <laughs> just like, yeah, that's that is literally my job. Um, is to remember, is to remember people, and to always be having in mind whether you go and see a fringe piece of fringe theatre that's like obscure off the tracks somewhere in the north of England, or whether you're in the West End, or whether you're in an audition, and particularly with a show like Six, you know, at the moment um, until COVID happened, we were looking after six casts a year, so you always have in the back of your mind like you're always looking out for that person that yeah. you want to kind of bring into the room but it works vice versa you know there are people who we've had in for six and aren't quite right for the show and you kind of go oh we've got rent coming up or we've got this maybe coming up at the end of the year they'd be a really good fit so it's always that and that's what we say to actors like it's really difficult to get cut from auditions it's really difficult to hear no and we've been there you know um the rejection is really hard but if you did if you came in and did your best and you were prepared and you sang and acted well, that casting director will remember you and they'll bring you in for something else. So don't take that as a, as a negative overall because our brains are always turning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Rosie's eyes right now kind of be like, play through everything in her head. It's great. Um, what is your favourite part of the entire casting process? Oh, my gosh. Um, the final day is really exciting but also nerve-wracking because you've been on this journey with all of these incredible women and you suddenly see them kind of we do I suppose like a kind of workshop scenario in the final day so we might have let's say we're looking for one cast so we need six queens and two alternates for a ship and we might have 20 to 25 in the room and they come in and out of different roles in the script and then they get up and they sing and they do um you know their a section of their song from the show and you just suddenly see like what these women will be like on stage and you start matching up and you go well, if she were arrogant then this would be our Berlin and then how does Seymour fit into this? And then suddenly you look and you go, oh my gosh, this is going to be such an exciting cast. Like the sound is amazing. The energy is so exciting. And yeah, it's, yeah. The last day is amazing. The whole so process. Like just putting that joy final in. piece of the jigsaw puzzle in and seeing. Yeah. Yeah. But it is nerve wracking because <laughs> you just think, oh gosh, if there's one person that doesn't quite fit into this lineup, then we have to look again or we have to kind of review who, you know, so it's, yeah, it's really nerve wracking, but yeah, the whole, the whole process is just really, it's just joyous. And that's yeah. the creative team make it like that. The show is just, I never get sick of hearing it, honestly. Yeah. It, it's a very special show. Very. Um, so what's it like for you then to have been through that process with everybody um, mm. to at some point potentially get to see them 
after seeing them raw all the way through seeing them actually on stage performing the show mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. I've had tears. <laughs> I have. I've cried. <laughs> I've been at the back of the arts and I've been like, oh. Um, because um, then it's another step, you know, that amazing rehearsal process where they then they, they find their character and they suddenly start to grow all these new elements and and find different things in the character or in the, the, you know, the text is so clever. And every time I go, I hear something else that I didn't hear the first seven times um and so that's just and then obviously they have the costume and in situ and it's yeah it's it's incredible and suddenly they're suddenly they're queens it's amazing (laughs) amazing um just to wrap things up on the six specific stuff um what is your favorite part of the show oh uh gosh oh god that's really hard i didn't think about this um the ending is pretty amazing the end i love I love the end of the show. It's just so empowering and everyone, the whole the audience are just behind it from the beginning, which yeah. means that you enjoy the whole show with the people you're sitting with as well, which is so brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm not going to pick one. I refuse. No. <laughs> I refuse to pick a moment. I just thought of one more question, um, specifically yeah. related to six. Coming into the show at the point you did um, looking for Vicky and Courtney and then seeing expand yeah. to Broadway, Australia, cruises. Yeah. What's that been like to know that you are pretty much in this show from the ground roots and you get to see it kind of expand? Uh, we, we've never worked on a show at this level before. You know, we've been casting for a long time, but, you know, um, I think when we came on board, we knew it was something really big and really special. And there were already whispers of Broadway. And obviously with our connection with Norwegian, we knew that was kind of in the, in the, in the pot, I suppose, from about three or four months in, but just the scale of the fandom, I think is quite extraordinary. Um, And, you know, to put it on Broadway is something extraordinary. Um, yeah, it's it's been amazing to be a part of it. Um, we're a very small part of it. Um, <laughs> a crucial um, part, though. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yes, no. I get, yeah, the casting is is really really important. But you know, it, it's a very strange process casting because you're so involved from the off. It's so about you know, sitting with the director and what are we looking for and this and then you know weeks. I mean, literally three weeks before auditions is us going through submissions and booking in people and then the audition process is really intense and then there's offers and then we let people know they didn't get it um and then suddenly it's gone suddenly that casting just ends and then suddenly we turn up like two months later to a press night and everyone's like oh yeah (laughs) no our team are amazing and they're they're really appreciative but it's a weird disconnect that we suddenly let these people go and then they go into the rehearsal great and suddenly you know it becomes something else without us so it can be a strange process but it's uh, it's an amazing show to be part of and our team are incredibly appreciative of what we do it's just you 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 kind of you want to be a little bit humble you know the show is a lot bigger (laughs) than the individuals involved in it yeah of course i love that um i just want to delve into some industry stuff just because we've got a lot of uh young performers kind of listening um just for that kind of introduction or even the performers out there that are listening that may just need a top up um advice for looking for booking auditions um pros and cons of having an agent and booking auditions so as casting directors 
at Pearson Casting, we don't need you to have an agent. It, it varies a lot through the industry and on the casting director and on the production and the team and everything. So we very much go uh, and look for everything. So we'll put out to agents, we'll put out um, on our social media, on our website, because we find a huge amount of talent that isn't represented for some reason. You didn't have a great showcase, you didn't get picked up, didn't work out with the agent that you signed with, that's okay. It's a very personal thing it doesn't work for everybody um and there's just lots of people who maybe took some time out of the industry or went away and did chips and didn't feel they needed whatever it is um so we're very very open to finding talent that's unrepresented however it can be trickier to be get seen for certain shows if you don't have an agent i think if you don't have an agent you have to be incredibly proactive um and with the technological advancements that we have now I certainly didn't have when I was an actor you can record vocals onto your iPhone you can get someone to film you doing a monologue you can dance in your back garden and film it so the more footage the more of yourself good quality um, content it doesn't have to be great like professional quality footage but the content has to be really great the more that you can put together the more likely you are to work. If you just send a letter out to somebody saying, hey, my name's Rosie and I have no representation and I wanna be seen for, I don't know, a West End show, the likelihood is very small that you're gonna get called in for that. You have to be able to showcase what it is that you have because casting directors deal in huge, huge volumes. Um, I think uh, the rent auditions, we had four and a half thousand submissions for, and on six, on average, let's say on a ship, we have about eight to 900 um, people put forward. So to get that down to like 120, we have to be able to see something of you or trust that relationship with the agent or know you. Um, so it can be, it, it can be tough knocking on doors, but you just have to present yourself the best you can and make sure you have up-to-date footage of yourself that really showcases yourself in that style. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're with an agent, um, you know, make sure that you've been really clear with them about what it is that you want from your career so that they can work well for you. There's no point kind of saying, yeah, I'll do everything. And then they say, great, we've got your audition for six on Norwegian Bliss. And you go, oh, I don't want to do ships. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're working with an agent, make sure that that relationship, there's loads of great open communication that you're both happy with that relationship. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, hundred percent. Spot on the nail. <laughs> okay. Um, going on to the kind of representing yourself online through social media, how um, mm -hmm. important is it for young performers just to kind of get stuff up and have a kind of good social media presence, not so much a following, but a presence mm. that shows your kind of um, who you are. Um, well, I'm glad you said that about followers, because I think there's a lot of um, confusion at the moment about, oh, I need to have this number of followers. I think if you're going on to like Love Island, yes, <laughs> they want you to have a certain number of followers. And it might be that they're, I mean, I have heard stories about people being asked in auditions about that, but honestly, that's never that's never come across from a producer to us and I'm not sure I would ever work on a project that you needed followers for but a presence is really really important um and we've been saying this a lot we've been doing some industry surgery since lockdown happened and we've just said you, know, you have to make a decision what is your social media for if it's for you and it's just selfies and holiday shots and your dinner amazing like great 
but if you want to make it industry there are casting directors online particularly on instagram looking just for talent that's not obvious you know that's not necessarily on a casting specific casting platform or doesn't have an agent or you know hasn't been to drama school or, or whatever it is and particularly since everyone's now working from home um auditions um few and far between we're not in workshops we're not in castings at the moment so there are a lot of casting directors looking in online so if you can have great footage of whatever it is that you do on your instagram someone might come across it however bear in mind that um whatever you put on instagram or twitter or facebook re represents you as a business so once you are out there as an actor and you're using your name and you put that online that represents you so if you post really drunken pictures and um talk badly about people that you've worked with it doesn't matter if it's true or not like keep it off social media because yeah. we read that and sometimes i will look people up on socials um you know particularly for shows like six where we need amazing uh, team players and team members and touring and ships that were hard. West End is hard. And so um, if you're posting negative things about, oh, this, this production company I work with and really drunk and hungover again today, that doesn't, that doesn't project a professional image. And it's really hard because we live our lives publicly now online. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everything that you post reflects you. So keep it as neutral as possible. If you want, you can have Instagram private. You can lock that off and just have that for you and friends and do whatever you want on there. But anything you have publicly, just be aware that we can read it. And I've been saying to you, what, are you happy for Pippa Alien to sit down and read this? And you're like, oh my God, no. Oh my God, no. I'm like, well, take it off because, you know, this represents you. So I think it can be used really positively. Yeah. I think yeah. just one, one more thing I want to say is if you are somebody for whom social media is stressful um, and it affects your mental health negatively to be on there, and that's the case for a lot of people, you know, I use social media every day, all day for my businesses, but I need to step away from it at night and yeah. sure yeah. you're exactly the same. Um, I, sometimes it can be a negative place sometimes you know we put things out there that don't get the likes and don't get the responses and then that makes us feel bad or um we read you know continuously negative conversations especially at the moment there's a lot of negativity out on you know social media people are feeling down or lost if that's something for you that you find negative don't now open it up and be like i have to put me playing guitar on instagram you don't at all you absolutely don't have to do any of that um but if you do do it make sure it's looks great and sounds great and is really positive and kind of represents you in a positive light yeah. That's it. yeah definitely um quality over quantity um mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't want to be putting anything up that's um negatively going to affect you as a brand essentially um Actually, like, yeah yeah um amazing i love that that was such a good deep dive i love that um do you have any other advice that we haven't touched on so far is there anything that sticks out that we haven't mentioned um letter writing <laughs> um so uh check first <laughs> check first on the casting director's website or the casting team you might be writing to i don't know uh you know a um, theme park or a um cruise line check how they want to be contacted not everyone wants to be emailed so if you do that might upset them if they are happy to be emailed make sure you write it um 
I'd start a little bit formally. So I would start with dear um, and then, you know, find out who you're writing to. Dear Pearson casting is fine, but dear Rosie and James just really kind of lands that, oh, I know who I'm writing to. I've done my research. Don't have it too long. Um, don't just write higher. I really want to be seen for this show. Um, Emily kiss. Like that's, I know you're laughing. I know, but I've, I literally, I, I can could, see you reading the email and being like, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't write to, I don't know, a bank manager. We well, might do, I don't know. But uh, just remember that, you know, people are really, really busy. So the more personal you can be, keep it nice and brief. Um, again, include if you have YouTube footage, like just keep it as professional as possible. Let that person come back and go, hi, Emily. Yeah, no worries. Great to see you. You know what I mean? Like keep it nice and formal. And if you're writing off to 27 production companies, don't write them all in the two box. BCCs are a thing for a reason, folks. They are. Copies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to know that you're writing to Belinda King, Universal Studios, uh, <laughs> uh, Princess Cruises, and I was like, hiya. Um, yeah, just keep it, you know, remember that people are very busy and we want to feel that you've made a little bit of an investment in the show. Like, talk about what it is you want to be seen for and what your key skills are. And yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, write good letters, people. It, it makes a world of difference. There we go. Um, final bit of advice I'm going to ask you for some advice on. Um, people that want to be in your shoes and want to potentially get into casting shows, hi. Um, what steps do you suggest for those people that might want to go into the other realm of theatre and not be on stage but help create and make shows? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, we had a slightly unorthodox way into casting just because we happened to be, it was very much the right place at the right I, time. As you were telling your story, I was like, that's just like dead set, as lucky as it gets. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we had also worked a little bit creatively with them as well. So I, we'd written a show that we'd sold and, you know, we'd we'd built a really great relationship where we'd done like replacement contracts and helped out and it, it was just one of those transitions where we knew we wanted to move into something a little more creative but we got very very lucky and worked very hard um, I think there are loads of opportunities um, in creative areas and the more experience that you can get the better so it might be that you write to lots of different casting directors and say hi I'm prepared to work for a week or two weeks on very kind of low pay effectively. You should always be paid for intern work, by the way, um, something um, by law, I think in, in the UK, but um, uh, just kind of write to them and say, look, do you have anything for a couple of weeks and get that, get little bits of experience and find out what areas you like. Uh, often, for example, in casting, um, we need runners for the audition room. Someone just to literally stand outside and tick off names and go and grab coffee. And that can be a really good insight into the other side of the audition process obviously auditions are like this much of an enormous mm. you know um an enormous pool uh, that is a casting which is a lot of admin but i think the more experience you can get anywhere the better if you want to be a casting director they often suggest you do a bit of work in an agency so you can see that side of it as well as agents do um 
but just try out loads of different things try and assist people even just for a few weeks um, even if it is unpaid whatever um, if you can afford to do that that will just help build contacts and you know if you do a good job people will call you back to do more and offer you paid work if they have it so that's really my, my my biggest piece of advice you know just keep get on the phone and call up same if you want to work in tv and film go and be a runner go and be an intern just work in that environment and do a good job and people will remember you that's that's really my biggest piece of advice i love that i think that's a perfect note to kind of wrap things up on but before we do you guys at piercing casting uh you and james are running some free programs at the moment is that Correct. Yes. So yeah, I'll talk about it very quickly, but um, we recently launched a platform for performers. We've won some government funding um, and we have 30 hours a week, I know, yay, of um, live stream uh, uh, development support and connectivity for the industry it's available live on YouTube 30 hours a week and it is workshops masterclasses Q&A's with casting directors agents producers um, tax advice if you're in Britain it's specifically um, British tax advice um, wellness yoga classes we've got some incredible directors doing workshops we have loads of the six team coming in and doing Carrie Ann teaches commercial dance classes for us and melody um, we've got and Grace with the associate directors doing audition prep workshops. There's um, a just incredible array of different practitioners and this is running till the end of November. There's no subscription, there's no sign up, there's no fees at all. It's 100% free to access uh, until the end of November. So check it out. And the website is collectivecreativeinitiative.co.uk. So spread the word because we want more people. You will find that link down below for anyone that's interested. Please go click on it. Please go follow um, Rosie's on Twitter. You'll find James on Instagram. You'll find James on Twitter as well. You'll find Pearson Casting on both. So make sure you go check them out. Um, just even if it's for the links or just to see how they promote the industry. Um, it's really good insight, guys. Like I live in Australia and it's a really good insight into how the uk system works and how things differ so please go check it out spend some time scrolling through reading check out that website go through read um biggest thing is information overload um and i hope you guys have very much enjoyed this episode because i have very much enjoyed chatting to you rosie thank you thank for you. coming and hanging out with us um, thank you for having me and what time is it there right now by the way it is quarter to nine um in at night at night yes wow. so okay. it's a great time um but guys we are going to wrap it up there thank you so much for coming and hanging out and we will be next back next week with a brand new episode of the queen podcast Bye. Hi y'all, this is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.